Row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, on WDEV, it is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke, author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Our program today is brought to you by Menards Agway Family True Value, your neighborhood garden and pet place right there on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, compost soils, mulches, and more at growcompost.com online and here just down the road on Route 2 in Moortown. The Willie Store, your true value store in Greensboro near Caspian Lake. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. By PR Lumber, for locally milled lumber, a family-owned business, on Route 15 in Walkett. And your locally owned Montpelier Agway, Seeds and Feeds, and so much more. Route 2 in Montpelier. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, such a nice business, on Main Street in Waitsfield. Our telephone numbers are open, our lines are open, and we'd love to have your gardening questions for Peter Burke, or your comments about how gardening is going in your little area. We are toll-free at 877-291-8255. Our main 802 number, 244-1777. We are on all the frequencies of WDEV FM and AM and streaming worldwide at WDEVradio.com. Right now, here's Peter Burke. Hey, Joe. How are you? Oh, man. So much, so much going on. It's a busy time of year, isn't it? We had a, a hiatus of a week, so looking back two weeks, it, uh, things are starting to grow in my garden. Oh, man. Oh, I here. Can you see through the glass here? Oh, my word. It's a weapon. Okay. <laughs> Call security. What oh, would you say? That's about two feet, right? Yeah, two feet. That, that's that, uh, that zucchini of yours. Oh, my goodness. That's the, that's a, that's the actual trombone zucchini. <laughs> Everything but the valves in it. It does, it, yes. It looks formidable as a, i'm not kidding it's a it looks like a, a two foot very obese snake you know yeah, a snake that just uh, swallowed something yeah right, right. Yeah, swallowed my beagle holy mackerel that, that's a, well i thought you should see that because I, I know i've talked about it quite I, a bit i, I know I, i'm a as the monkey said i'm a believer now you're a believer now we, we, we have somebody on the lie right off the bat so. okay great you have any giant zucchinis to threaten us with uh, good morning you're 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 on you're on the air with with peter let's see where are well, we well yes, no we, giant zucchinis nope. i've had plenty of them but no giant <laughs> who's this my name's glenn i'm from brookfield hey glenn Welcome I got a aboard. question. I've, I've never grown cauliflower. I have some growing. Yep. I've got some heads. Yep. When do you pick them? Um, well, when they're filled out. You know, the, they'll they'll actually, from the time they first start to show to when they just get full grown, sometimes it's just a week. 
because they the once the flower starts, it it becomes that flower, you know, becomes the the full size uh, cauliflower pretty quickly. So, you know, most of your cauliflowers will run around six inches or so. You know that, and you can what you want it. To, uh, you want to pick it before it starts to actually the clusters start to separate. So as long as it's, you know, a tight cluster, and this is the same thing with broccoli. You want it to be a, a tight cluster of blossoms there. And uh, so you'll see the uh, the head looks fairly, um, you know, fairly tight. If you start to see some of the little clusters, the little flowers start to separate, then it's definitely time to cut it because it'll just it'll just grow out more and more as it prepares to 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 flower and make seeds. Perfect. That's awesome advice. What, what do I've they look like right? Mm-hmm. What do they look like yeah, right now? Well, I've got a couple that are probably. Volleyball, well, not volleyball size, but you know, <laughs> six inches, like you said. Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, I've got some three or four inch ones. Yeah, the three or four are probably not quite ready yet. Um, now, some cauliflower they call self blanching, you know, where the leaves sort of wrap up around them. Um, yeah. If you find that they're getting sunburned, you know, they're starting to brown a little bit, then you can tie up those leaves with a, you know, with a string just to to keep them blanched. Um, but you know the the only problem with that is that if you wait if you don't check them regularly they'll start to you know overgrow and they'll start to yeah I see what you mean. yeah but it's been a great year for them really I, I think isn't it wonderful growing, but they're doing well cauliflower is just great yeah yeah yeah. That's a huge plan. So. Yeah. Well, thank you, and I enjoyed the show. Well, good, it's good. Now, you know, one of the things that. that I do with cauliflower um, that I like quite a bit is uh, I'll go ahead and steam the whole head, you know, or, or steam the florets, you know, break them up. And then, uh, and, and just so that they're just soft enough, you know, not, not mushy or anything. And then uh, refrigerate them, or some of them refrigerate them. And then make up a, a a shrimp sauce, you know, with horseradish and ketchup, and uh, and dip them. Boy, that is so delicious! It's oh, a that great, really good. absolutely great, uh, you know, for a a real uh, simple and and of course low calorie uh, a treat. You know, you you really will enjoy that. Well, perfect. Thank you again. Okay, Glenn. Enjoy thanks for the, the call. Show. Yeah, great. Day. Appreciate the call. So cauliflower. Oh, I'm I'm telling you, I don't know, but I I'm, I'm I'm guessing that my broccolis are, are going to be big this year because they are just growing the biggest plants. I don't think I've ever seen plants that size. But uh, like you say, everything is um uh is coming um and doing really well right now. And you know the funny thing is, uh, did you see the Times Argus article here? What, no, I didn't. Uh, blueberry bonanza. Oh my goodness! Yes, I've I've heard uh, I've heard talk of that, <laughs> and the Forbes later might fill us in because yeah. I know he's chasing around a, a pretty good blueberry crop this year. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. I mean, really, uh, we uh, I don't think I've ever seen the blueberries the size we have this year. And and uh, I went out and picked uh, almost a gallon last wow. night, and that was from three bushes. And I've got another, you know, three to or four to pick uh, when I get home tonight. But what fun! My wife said she went out last week, and uh, she said I went out there and I ate 
all the blueberries I wanted. <laughs> we have wonderful pick-your-own places in in Colchester and oh, Mallet's yeah. Bay with, you know, starting out with the strawberries and then the raspberries oh. and then the blueberries in that order. I, I think that this year they're going to have security cameras in there to <laughs> try to catch the uh, one for me and one for the bu- basket. One for me and one for the basket. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you might just well raise the, pri- right. raise the price a right. little bit. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, the zucchini, like I showed you, but my regular bush zucchinis are, are doing real well. You know, um, you, you just you just have to watch out. You don't turn around. And the yellow squashes have been just prolific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what a treat that is. Put those on the grill and grill them. Um, probably my favorite way to have them, but, you know, there's so many favorite ways. But anyway, uh, those have been, um, I actually have a melon about that size, wow. you know, a little, little bit bigger than a golf ball uh, on one of the trellises. And that's nice to see. We've been picking uh, collard greens and, and uh, kale greens uh, right and left. Um, those, uh, you remember the perpetual spinach I said yes, that was coming yep. up? It's been a crazy year for me for the leaf miner. They just absolutely riddled the first blush of leaves. And and the uh, the infestation seems to be over now. So I'm getting good leaves on those guys. I got a one good picking to start with. And then I looked at them and they were all like brown you know i figured well it was a hot weather but uh, then i realized that there there was quite a few of the leaf miners uh-huh. now usually leaf miners go in and you'll see a section of the leaf that looks like a skeleton you yes, know like yes, everything's yep. been eaten out of the middle of it all but in these guys it, instead of uh instead of that it just sort of turned brown and speckles all over mm. the place so yeah you know the the I I pulled all the the brown ones out and now they look great. So we'll uh, have another crop soon. I, I'm not entirely sure what's eating my morning glories at this point. <laughs> um, usually I get see these little holes and I mm, uh, mm. can find a Japanese beetle or, or so. Yeah. But I haven't seen a physical mm. Japanese beetle. But they, it, it looks like their handiwork is out there. It is clearly a banner year for Japanese yeah. beetles. We, they're all over the place. I've seen them on, on just about every crop, even the even my kale had oh, Japanese beetles on it, which, which usually, uh, yeah, well, even the leaf miners didn't bother with the kale, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's the penalty box where they rest, you know, <laughs> before going over to the other leaves. That's right. Yeah. You know, somebody told them that uh, this is kale, it's good for you, and right. they go, oh, no, forget that. <laughs> yeah, if you catch a Japanese beetle with a little T-shirt saying, eat more kale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an image. <laughs> Well, anyway, so we've been knocking them off into uh, into into buckets and stuff, and uh, soapy water and all that, you know. But you know, like, what are you going to do? You got to live with them. Yeah, I'm a little behind on most uh, everything because I started late, but everything's growing really well. And finally, some uh, some orange, to, little orange tomatoes are yeah. coming up, and yeah. the bigger ones look like they want to turn red. So yeah, I'm pretty happy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we have another caller here. Yeah. Okay, uh, super. So what's coming on up Let's, here? We'll see what. Your first name in town, please. Uh, Nora from Brookfield. Hey, Nora. How are you? I'm doing fine. I just wanted to let you know what's eating your morning glories. Ah. Uh Uh-huh. Someone you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do know the bug. Okay. (laughs) It is the golden ladybug. Oh. And they are so interesting. When they're feeding, they actually look like um, metallic 
I've wow. seen I them, mean, and those must be the creatures. And, I, and not this year yet. I've just seen their handiwork. But boy, I have seen them, and I never get angry because I'm saying this is a little miracle here. This I thing. know they're gorgeous, <laughs> but as soon as you touch them, they go back, go back to looking like a ladybug. Ah, you're happy. You're, thank you for reminding me. I've seen them not <laughs> on a regular basis. Usually, when the Japanese beetles come, they uh, do a thorough job of whatever they're interested in doing. And uh, but I've seen these little uh, little well, they're little ma- magic bugs. They really are amazing. They are gorgeous, but um, man, do they devastate the morning glory? Yeah, they <laughs> they're well on their way. But I've <laughs> I seen... planted some for my son's wedding last year, uh-huh. and they just oh, just destroyed the leaves and everything. But anywho. That's why I know. Well, Nora, yeah. I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm just so grateful you called. You reminded me. I, I, you know. Very good. Well, you have a wonderful day, and I enjoy your show. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. You're right. Well, my, my, my neighbors really think I'm nuts because I go to the trouble of having a garden, and then I, I point to my little granddaughter. Oh, look, there's a bunny over there. There's a bunny over there. And my neighbor said, well, I got a shotgun. I said, no, 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 no. no. We just... <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, the that, miracle of nature and they've got to eat too but boy yeah i wish they'd go to the supermarket <laughs> backyard <laughs> well it's you either you or them yeah, so right uh, yeah it's, it, of course we have the uh, we can go to the farmer's market and do really well so <laughs> yeah it looks like that's where i'll be buying my uh, garlic again i really nothing's really happening for some reason oh i should have brought you in some I, i've my been fir- my first year for garlic and uh, no, no, nothing seems to something seems to be happening so Hmm. Hey, what does it look like? It just kind of shriveled up and went, you know. Wow. And I know it's not the pesticides from my 2013 yeah. two dump truck load of the uh, <laughs> contaminated uh, pesticide-ridden uh, compost that I had, because that's finally leached out. It took every bit of five years, really. Wow. And um, but uh, something uh, something went wrong. Something went wrong. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, well, um, I I did look up the uh, what's wrong with my garlic was uh, the question about that bottom rot. Remember yeah, we. Right. Uh, so I guess it, it's possible that you had something like that, uh, but probably more likely you had a, a maggot at the bottom. If they really, if they're really. Uh, uh, and, and you can't blame having you know grown it there year after year. If you got absolutely nothing, yeah, no, 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 nothing, nothing there this year. Where'd you get the? Oh, you got a call? Yeah, I do. Do have a call? Yeah, I, okay. I did. You know, just just planted a little one in one little area there, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know, benignly neglected it. But there really wasn't much to do. But yeah, nothing really happened in the first place. And Peter, we have Barbara from Barry on the line. Yes, I don't want to pull any weeds or anything else. The other day, I had. My radio, I was in the car, and I don't know who was WDEV, and someone gave a recipe for pickles. Really easy pickles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, I was in the car driving. I couldn't write it down. Okay. Um, give me a minute. Let me look it up. Uh, that was probably the... Um, the, the uh, uh, refrigerator pickles or the three yes. day, two day pickles? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, yeah, let, we let we've had, the, we've had these in the garden moments during the regular week as well as pre recorded. <laughs> and um, Peter takes the opportunity to share some real 
could he yeah, recipes yeah. with us on occasion? Uh, well, we're gonna, I'm going to look it up here, and and uh, I think they sounded so good. Well, uh, essentially, what you're doing is you take a gallon jar. Yep. You know, you could use a quart jar if you only want a few, but uh, we usually make them by the gallon. And you f- you fill that up with the s- the smallest you know cucumbers you can find. They're pickling cucumbers, but any cucumber will work. But the pickling cucumbers are the best. Right. And uh, then you put the um, there's a, uh, a brine. You know, it's right. salt and vinegar and and some water, and you fill that up. Here we go. Two day pickles right here. And uh, so it's usually about, oh, for heaven's sakes, wait a minute here. Cancel, let's see here. Um, there, two-day pickles. So in the gallon, it's between 12 and 20 pickles, pickling cukes. Yep. And there's uh, two teaspoons of pickling spice, you know, the one. You can get that right at the, right at the store or Agway. Has some in little packets. Right. Um, a dill flour, or if you don't have any fresh dill, go ahead and just put in the, the dry dill, you know, from your right. um, your spice rack. Uh, four to eight cloves uh, of peeled garlic. Now, how many cloves? Uh, four to eight. We go to the heavy side. We usually put eight of them in there, in this gallon. Okay. Then you mix up your brine, which is a quarter water. Okay. Three quarters cup of vinegar, one third cup of salt. Okay. Yep. And you heat that until the 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 brine until the salt dissolves. It doesn't have to be boiling or anything like that. You just want it warm enough to make sure that the salts are completely dis- right. dissolve. Um, you uh, pour that into your jar. Cover. Make sure it covers all the the pickles. Right. And then you put that jar in your fridge for two days. You let it cool and then put it in the fridge. Well, that sounds pretty easy. It is really easy, and I'll tell you, the rewards are terrific. <laughs> I this Those crunchy, uh, delicious pickles. Um, and uh, some people will actually uh, leave them out in the sun for a day and then uh, bring them in at night and put them back out in the sun to let them cure. But we found that you can put them right. Once they've cooled off, you can put them right in the uh, right in the fridge, and they'll still they'll still um, be delicious. Now, eight cloves of garlic is not too much. Yeah. Eight cloves of uh, garlic. Yeah. 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 Peeled. You peel the garlic. Yep. And uh, you know you, you can chop it up if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, and that makes the, the dill and the garlic makes them, you know, uh, just delicious. Well, you can't have too much garlic. You can't. I would agree with you. I make my hummus. I make a uh, my batch of hummus with 24 cloves of garlic. <laughs> well, you just gave one recipe for cauliflower. Oh, yeah. Did you like that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I like cauliflower. Oh, and that that's just a great way to... I to, like butter and vinegar. Oh, well, you can't miss with butter and vinegar, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but this is something that, uh, well, particularly if you do a whole head, you might not eat the whole thing. So you put in the fridge and then make that uh, shrimp sauce. With, and what uh, was it? Uh, what? The shrimp sauce was, uh, you know, basically ketchup with uh, horseradish in it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, about as simple as it gets. Yep. You know, that's like making a- aioli, you know, you know, the, the that 
the uh, it's basically just mayonnaise and a sriracha sauce, you know, and, yep. you know, just or pesto or whatever. But anyway, yeah, that's all. It, all it takes is a little ketchup and a little um, horseradish. Well, and there's not too many calories there. And no, that that makes a nice snack. Yeah, and it, it's yes. delish. Yep. Now oh. you're making me hungry. <laughs> and I'm going to go have a hard-boiled egg. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> okay, Barb. Hey, thanks so much for the call. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, calls are great. I just absolutely <laughs> love our listeners. Yep. Uh, the two-day pickles. Well, I, I did one of the, you know, the show promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned the two-day pickles in that, you know. If you want to make pickles, this is the easiest one. And I, I had sort of forgotten I had had given the recipe on in there, you know. <laughs> it's funny, you, you talk about growing uh, the cucumbers on a trellis. I didn't, mm-hmm. as I say, started late, so I didn't mm-hmm. put up a trellis, but I did put up a uh, post marking where I had... <laughs> They planted those seeds, and one of the uh, one of the vines climbed up the whole post and then climbed back down again. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, what I like. Yeah, so, so you know, when they do it all themselves, it's right. even better, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember the. Uh, oh, yeah the the cherry tomatoes are just starting to turn. Yes. We'll be picking those real soon. Of course, the blueberries. We've had lots of peas, and I grew garden peas this year, and uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, one section of them. And of course, I had the sugar snaps, which I love. You know, we've been eating those in our salads, and and uh, they're so good. I hate to eat, I hate to cook them, but so we eat them in our salads. But I grew regular garden peas. And I shucked them and I put them in a bowl and I, you know, when my wife came home for dinner, I said, hey, just help yourself, eat them, you know. I've got so much stuff in the salad, uh, you know, we just enjoy them. And she said, and it was a very telling statement, oh, real peas. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I thought, oh, okay, I guess I have to grow real peas from now on. <laughs> well, as, as is the case with most, most anything that ever came out of my garden, yep. one of my early years I made a big mistake. Uh-huh. I kind of was planting several different kinds of peas, uh-huh. and I planted, kind of mixed them together, uh, regular garden peas and yep. snap peas. And oh. when they started to grow, I did, didn't know which ones I had to let <laughs> grow so that I would actually get peas out of the pod or yeah. which of these pods I could pick now and eat i'll have to confess to having made the same mistake and it's not an easy thing to just inspect no no and then you eat it and it's a regular pea it's a regular pea it's a real pea and it's tough as all get out yeah it's like leather the pods are like leather right right and then so then you try the other one you say oh this is the right one yeah yeah don't mix them don't mix your peas with your peas yeah well, as uh, as my father used to say, and mm. I hope I don't lose our license, he tell he would tell me and my brother, you know, your your mother cooks carrots and peas in the same pot. <laughs> uh, my brother used to say, "What's wrong with that?" Say, I think I know, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, no, I think I'm pass on my, that. My dad was a Henny Youngman fan. God bless him. <laughs>
<laughs> That's where you got your sense of That's humor. That's where it all came from. Yeah. Yeah, take my, you know, take my wife, please. Remember, had the young man, <laughs> yeah, king, of the, king I, of the one-liners. You know? Absolutely, I got no respect from the other one. Right. <laughs> so I've harvested uh, potatoes and radishes and lettuces and Mexican mix and uh, mustard and baby kale and big old great big leaves of kale and collards. Both uh, been harvesting those. Uh, arugula, the perpetual sw- spinach, I'm back to harvesting those. Zucchinis, yellow squatches, and the trombone zucchini, all of those are coming in, and it's really nice. Um, the the brandy wine have been a little slow to set fruit, but the big boys, I, I've got, you know, nice-sized green tomatoes on all those, so so that that was good to see, and there's there's lots of... Lots of stuff coming in, and the the apples this year have been really beautiful. I mean, just it, it, but all of my little uh, dwarf trees are just covered. Yeah, my uh, area uh, in uh, Mallets Bay, Porter's Point, used to be mm-hmm. Porter's Orchard, oh, and oh. Uh, and it used to be the whole point used to be nothing but a mm. big orchard. And so we, I have, I call them vestigial trees. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the apples are no known kind after crossbreeding or whatever mm-hmm. over all these years. But a lot of the houses uh, uh, have uh, some of the original trees as mm-hmm. uh, ornaments now. And, of course, we had, uh, until the street people came and cut down my crabapple tree because it was block, it was oh. getting involved in the phone wires, um, they were great for making apple jelly. Mm. But uh, anyway, my point is is that whatever these varieties are, and they're only good for making applesauce at this time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, they 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 seem to be extremely prolific yeah. this year. I've never seen more apples on these trees mm-hmm. that have been around for many decades. Yep. We have a caller on the line. Let's see if I can uh, push the right button here. That looks like it might be it. And your first name in town? Wendell Plainfield. Okay. Hey, Wendell. At ease. Thank you. <laughs> What's going on, Wendell? Well, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I have some rose bushes. Or a rose bush. Yeah. And I was wondering when I should trim that. Uh, basically, you want to do it in the fall, you know, um, or actually any time after it flowers. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, towards the end of the season is usually a good time. And you may want to, I don't know if you ever feed them or fertilize them or anything like that. No, I haven't. All I've done is... Uh, they say uh, banana peel is good for rose bushes, and when I had bananas, I yeah. a lot of times put the peeling out around the rose. There you go. Yes. So your roses are appealing, huh? That's what I've heard. <laughs> and I uh, mulched it in the, well, should do it late in the fall, but yeah. a lot of times I, I don't get to it. I just uh, put some back around it in the spring. Yeah. Okay. Good to keep the kill the grass down. Yeah, keep the grass down and and uh, protect the roots of the of the plant. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've I've got an apple tree. I've trimmed it up before. Mm-hmm. But I got some low branches. Uh huh. And uh, I'm always banging my goddamn head onto them, <laughs> or I have to use a push bar around them. And I was wondering when I could uh, cut them back. Well, I you know. 
Honestly, if they're producing apples, I might consider a different approach. I might just go ahead and uh, maybe take a, a brick or some, some way to all the way around the drip line, just circle that tree and then fill in it with, with uh, bark mulch and then not try to mow underneath it. That would be my first choice. But if you want to trim them, again, uh, at the end of the year, you know, once the leaves have dropped and, and it's in full dormancy. And if it's a fairly good size and you want to paint that, uh, the stump, you know, where, where you've cut it off. So it's just a lens from the... It hang down from the main... main uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, well, those you can, you can prune those anytime. You can prune those. Uh, yeah, anytime they're in your way, you can prune them. Well, I was wondering if you shouldn't lose uh, yeah. uh, yeah. trees in the spring and uh, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, they start leaving out or anything. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I never. I don't know much about them, so that's what yeah. I'm, I'm asking. So yep. any, anytime late in the fall. Huh? Yeah, right. Anytime late in the fall. You can do it first thing in the spring if you want to. A lot of people will uh, prune their apple trees first in the spring, but you want to make sure you do it well before it starts to bud. You know, yeah. you want to you want to get right. to it early. Um, but any you know, anytime the tree goes dormant at that point, you can you know you can do that. That's fine. So, uh, but like I said, if you're if they're uh, a major limb, then you want to make sure you paint it. But if it's just something that's a nuisance, no, is it, it's if, not a major limb. Or yeah. If it's a nuisance, you can you can prune prune those just about any time you want. If you're not taking out major limbs, what uh, the idea with the pruning is when you're actually cutting trees, you know, in order to produce fruit, there's a you know there are there's a certain strategy to it. You know, you want to cut this this branch or that branch or this branch. You want to, you know, the idea is you should be able to throw a, um, a ball through without it touching any leaves. So it's you know lots of air circulation, but that's for fruit. Again, if this is just a nuisance and it's bothering you, hitting your head on it, we'll just cut it. Then don't worry about it. Okay, then. Thank you. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care, Wendell. Thanks for the call. Yeah, our numbers are open, 244-1777, 802-244-1777. And um, we're not going to get into a big discussion, but it's been mentioned on the air a number of times. Do, do we do we really need toll free numbers anymore with you know number of minutes and <laughs> well thing, you know some people need toll free numbers if so they, we they ha- still have a landline well yeah. we have one then. oh okay it was at the one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five is that that number yeah yeah uh, it works it works toll free. most everywhere so, it's yeah. not even an eight hundred number and it's a toll free eight seven seven yeah well I know that uh, they, they they've extended the extensions I know yeah. in New York yeah. City it's uh, oh uh, so but, this is a foot Note from last week. Yeah. Uh, I think it was um, who called and said, uh, "Let's see about the uh, raising uh, hops." Uh-huh. That, uh, oh, that yeah. was Forbes, wasn't it? For, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about so, that. So, uh, w- uh, you know, my book is published by Chelsea Green, uh-huh. and they have the Hop Growers Handbook, and it's a it's a it's a beautiful book, very very well done, and it's uh, by a, a, a Laura. Uh, Tenike, I think is how you say that name. It's T-E-N-E-Y-C-K. And uh, Dietrich uh, Gehrig, uh-huh. G-E-H-R-I-N-G. 
And uh, I'm going to see if I can if I can twist their arm a little bit and get them on here and tell us how to grow hops for. Excellent! Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Wonderful. I, I well, don't know if I can, but I'm going to give it a shot. Well, there's a hop grower's handbook. Well, hey, the hop grower's handbook, and it's a beautiful book. I've seen it. They've come to some of the workshops that I've done, and and uh, we've been signing books together, and they're 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 quite a. Um, uh, quite a great couple. I really enjoyed talking to them. Excellent, excellent. We've got three callers on the line. Oh, okay. Right now. Let's I, go for it. I might. Uh, I'll shut up. Uh, well, I was going <laughs> to. I, I have a, a tale, but with, uh, I, okay. That, we will no after we'll, after we the will, callers. We yeah. will uh, give you know first priority to our callers. Now I got to figure out. Okay, you were first. Your Is first. That me? Yes, your first name in town. Uh, Freddie from Faston. Hey, Freddie. Welcome. Thanks. Um, I know I have heard the pickle recipe, but I've always been driving. Yeah. Could you repeat it on the radio? My oh. husband is poised with pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> I wisely left it open. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so in a, in a gallon, glass gallon jar. All right. right. I'll let you go and yeah. you can get on to the next guy. Okay. Uh, thanks. And, and, uh, and uh, it's 12 to 20 pickles in that jar. And then uh, you, in the jar, you put tea, two teaspoons of pickling spice. Uh, if you have fresh dill, um, one dill flower head, uh, or just chopped fresh dill works really well. And if you don't have either one, you can use dried dill. Uh, and that would probably be about two tablespoons of dried dill because it takes quite a bit to, of the dried to, to really give it give it the flavor. Um, we use uh, we use a lot of of, of garlic, um, four to eight uh, peeled garlic cloves, and then the brine. You mix this up in a pot. It's uh, a quarter water, three quarters of a cup of vinegar, one third a cup of salt, and you heat that uh, brine until the salt dissolves. You pour it in over the the cucumbers in the gallon jar. Uh, let it cool off and put it in the fridge for two days, and then from there you just keep sampling until they're gone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, she. Uh, thank you for your call. Let's go to our next call. She yep. said she would hang up and uh, yeah, and um, listen to here, and she okay. was true to her word. Yeah. And so we'll uh, turn over things to Mike in Faston. Mike, you're on. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Hi. Uh, a couple of calls ago, you had a guy talking about apple trees. Yeah. And, um, when, when I built my house 20 years ago, but a year after, I planted a couple of apple trees. And I bought them yeah. pretty good size. They're probably you know, three inches in diameter at the base when I planted them. Yeah. And um, they look really healthy, but they very rarely produce many apples. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I hear you talking about, you know, you should be able to throw a baseball tree. Yeah. Baseball, a baseball food tree. Yeah. Um, is that my problem? Just- yeah. Yeah. It's clearly, if it's not producing apples, you, you've probably got a lot of what they call suckers. And, uh, and those typically will look sort of like uh, uh, green shoots that almost grow right straight up rather than a branch usually comes out in an angle. Um, the sh- the suckers will go right straight up off Usually of. Usually, when I have suckers, I thought suckers and things come out of the ground. That's okay, on the branches itself. Yeah, you're right. They come right out of the branches, and um, you know, if you get a chance, try to go and look at somebody who's got some that's that have been pruned. 
and and kind of see what their strategy is. But the idea is, you know, there's a couple of them. One is the Christmas tree where you're sort of making a, a sort of a triangle. You want one branch here, one branch there, one branch there, one branch here, and it goes up like that. And you always want a sort of a, a nice angle. You don't want them to be too steep. You don't want them to be too angled out. Um, but generally speaking, you just want to make sure that you, you get plenty of air in there. And then once that's, once that starts to do, you'll, you'll start to get the, uh, fruiting spurs that, where you get your, um, where you get your fruit from. And this is also a uh, fall thing? Um, yeah, generally that's considered the best. Do you ever fertilize the tree? No, I've never done anything with it. I planted it and yeah. watched it after that. Okay. Well, uh, just as a matter of, of uh, good maintenance for any apple or fruit tree, for that matter, is you you want to mulch in a circle to what they call the drip line. The drip line is sort of the, you know, if it was raining, where, the, where it would drip down from the leaves. So it's, you know, if it's, say, you know, 10 feet across. You want to go ahead and go all the way out there with a with a good mulch. You can border it with something if you want to that looks nice. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, you can plant flowers or something in there underneath there. But generally speaking, you know, you want to uh, get rid of any of the grass or anything that's under the tree. A lot of times the grass under a tree or the um, will, uh, you know, harbor bugs and that type of thing. And then you, you want to... Go ahead and, um, uh, you know, go to Agway or Blue Seal and look for their fruit um, uh, fruit tree fertilizer. And they have lots of really good ones, and they're organic, and, and you really can't miss on them. And then they have very specific instructions for how much of that, how many cups you put for the diameter of the, of the tree trunk, Okay. And go ahead and follow those instructions and make sure you give it a good watering, particularly after you do that fertilizer. The fertilizer go down into the soil. You know, there are the commercial fertilizers like Job's spikes and that kind of thing for, for fruit trees. That, that, um, but give this a shot first. And you, if you're still not getting fruit, then you might want to consider drilling holes and putting the, the fertilizer down in the ground. I've heard you know, a number of people swear by doing that. Um, but, uh, first give it a good pruning, make sure you're, you're, you've got plenty of air in there. Um, because once you do start to get fruit, the sunlight and the air, uh, um, are your, your, uh, best preventative, uh, forms of prevention for, um, all kinds of diseases and bugs and all the rest, you know, you want to make sure you give them plenty of air. And, um, you know, once, once, because you haven't really had much fruit, if you go ahead and do that, you may get, uh, you know, the, you know, this next year you might see, uh, maybe only a few, uh, apples, you know, but the following year you should see a, a good crop if you really clean it out like that. And from that point on, then you'll be able to recognize what's a, you know, uh, um, you know, one of the, uh, one of the branches you want to cut out, you'll be able to recognize that. Yeah, we don't have zero apples. We just don't have many apples. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's exactly, and that's so because it's. Like, the tree, like, uh, like, oh, wow, yeah. Apples. Eight apples. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, you're growing greens and not apples. So you want to, just like any any fruiting bush, you know, just like I talk with the tomatoes or anything else, you know, pruning is re- really important with apples. Okay? So the energy is going into the leaves. You so. got it. That's it. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. Good luck, oh. Mike. Okay, thank you, Mike. And uh, let's see, we will go now to Gene in Morrisville. Gene, you're on the air with Peter. Hey, Gene. Hi, how you doing? Well, good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. What's going on? Well, uh, it seems to be my squash plants, both the summer squash and the zucchinis and some of the winter squash, too, right at the root line, right at the, the dirt line. Yeah. Um, they seem to have, I don't know what happened, whether it's an insect or whether it's what it is, but they just seem to rot. Uh, wow. Right there. And I oh, wonder oh, if you had any idea what oh, that might be. Or are you, you talking about the on the fruit itself, or are you talking about the no, vine? The vine. Yeah, the vine. That's probably be my best guess is a squash borer. And uh, they can be pretty destructive. And uh, you want to look at the place where it rots and actually take a knife and kind of split the, you know, the stems of, a, of the, the leaf stems are kind of like a hollow. You know, they're hollow inside. So see if you can find that, uh, the borer. You know, take a look and do a little, uh, do a little exploring in there. Um, and if you can find them and kill them, of course, you know, squash them, uh, that'll help a lot. Um, he may have done too much damage, you know, to, to recover. But if you find them, chances are good. Uh, you know, the, the plant will want to recover. And actually, after an attack like that, it may actually put out quite a few uh, flowers and fruits after. How, how big is the boar? Uh, he's about three-quarter inch. Oh, you know, I... He's a pretty good size. And sometimes they're sort of a, they're sort of a shiny, translucent kind of uh, look to them. Uh, but uh, you know you you'll recognize them. You'll see them for sure. And what if you were go- if I were going to use insecticide? What would I use? Well, you see, the insecticide is difficult because it's hard to get into the bug. Oh, I see. You see, because he's he's in there. Um, generally speaking, a spinosad, something like that, or a neem would be what I would recommend. You can try that. So if he's eaten away inside there, if he eats some of that, that'll definitely kill him. Um, and that that's something that you sh- if you're having problems then you want to spray once a week or um, you know every seven days and then if you get a really hard rain like we've had this week you might have to spray again right right. after that okay that, that's about your best hope there um, and that's one of the reasons I try to grow as much as my squash up on a trellis as possible and uh, and when I when my um, my winter squash is is basically I let that grow around my asparagus, but in between the asparagus spreads and the rhubarb beds, that's all um, wood chips, you know, I uh, and bark. So it's not on a on any kind of a grass or you know, because they they'll come in uh, from the ground is where they're coming. Will they winter over the squash bugs? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, just mark where it was the last time and try to move it away so you don't, uh, you're don't you not uh, serving dinner next yeah. year for them. And, uh, yeah, they can be very destructive for sure. 
Very good. So see if you can find them, and you guys can do battle. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, you're very welcome. Good luck, Gene. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, sure. So uh, there's no phone calls, right? right no, now? not at okay, the moment. Okay, good. So um, uh, just uh, to carry on uh, one note here, um, your second crops, there's a lot of things you can plant. Uh, the garden season is not over by a long shot. You can still plant uh, a dwarf um, sugar snap peas, and those only grow two feet high, so they'll they'll come up and fruit quickly. They're delicious, oh. even though people say the fall crop of peas isn't good. These are perfect. They're very very good. I found out that just for the regular peas, the wandos, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. ones that they are you know are, yep. are billed as being good uh, hot weather peas, if such a thing is possible, they are. They're they're very good. They're very good. Yeah, and you can plant those now and still, um, you know, if we get lucky, you'll have a great crop, and they'll take a, a a light frost anyway. So, the way it's been going, we we may not get a you know a hard frost until in, into October. Carrots, again, you can plant the smaller, you know, the mokum, the, the napoli. There's a new one from Fruition Seeds, the dul- Dulcina, hmm. Dulcinia, I think. Dulcinea, like uh, from... Uh, hey, there you go. That's think, exactly I, right. I, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, right. Dulcinea, yeah. D-U-L-C-I-N-E-A. Mm-hmm. So, well, how do you know that? I'm trying to think. From the... Um the famous story of the guy with the windmill, who was that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. His girlfriend right. was Dulcinea. Dulcinea, yes. I now guess, I now that I mentioned that, that was in the write-up for yeah. them. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, late-season um, uh, carrot. And uh, the only one that I've seen so far who has it is the fruition seeds, and you can see, get them online. Uh, parsnips. Oh, kohlrabi. Actually, very good time to plant kohlrabi. Um, uh, beets, of course, more lettuces, more lettuce mixes, you know, the, um, the mescaline mixes. You can do the hot ones with the mustards and, and the hot stuff, or you can do the lettuce ones with the, the green and the, the red lettuces. Cilantro, great time to grow more cilantro because if you're canning anything later on in the season or do, you know, doing any, um, any of the, uh, those kinds of recipes with the tomatoes, you know, like a salsa or something, then having a, a late-season cilantro crop is really great, and it's a good time to plant it now. Romaine lettuces do went real well. There's a winter density, it's called. Um, that's a great one. Uh, Tatsoi, you can still, some people call that oriental spinach, but oh, okay. uh, it's, it's a very, very deep, green round leaf and uh, it's very productive and grows quickly i've I've been surprised uh kale you can plant all the kale you want and have baby kale when baby kale is delish both in a salad uh sometimes if it's a little bit larger than i want more or less if it's about a maybe a six inch leaf or so if it's a little tough at all what i do is i just uh, microwave it for a minute or, and, and it just softens it up enough that you can chop it up, put in a salad, and it's delish. Don, uh, Don Quixote. My yes, brain's on a 10-minute yeah, yeah, uh, tape exactly. delay. That's the one. finally, Don Quixote. Girlfriend, <laughs> Dulcinea. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's his girl right there. <laughs> She's a fruitful right. girl. Um, cilantro, romaine, yeah, I talked to. Oh, uh, of course, iceberg. You still got plenty of time to get nice heads of iceberg before the frost. 
uh, chard, uh, dill. Great time to plant dill, and I love dill in my salads. You you just can't get enough. And if you're making two-day pickles, all the dill you can grow is even better. Scallions still, if you have any leftover little onions, plant them. You get nice scallions still. Um, Watermelon radishes, I don't know if you've tried those. I've tried them this year, and uh, they're they're almost spooky. They're, They're really big radishes you know they're, they're you know maybe four four inches or so something like that and when you cut them open they're just red inside <laughs> you know but they're white outside yeah i, pl- I planted some radishes uh, just yesterday so yeah okay I, f- I found out my granddaughter likes to eat radishes she's lo- one oh. of the few kids that loves raw vegetables period oh, for heaven's sake you know takes them to daycare mm-hmm. and um and she likes uh, to eat radishes that she shares with because wow. they look so good she'll share one with a a, a fellow kid in the daycare the kid goes running <laughs> screaming because they're not they're they're kind of hot and everything i like them but it oh, yeah. wasn't definitely an acquired taste it, it is yeah, yeah, yeah but but my little girl she's it's just uh, amazing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah and she's the one with who loves the purple beans. Yeah, the, uh, okay. Of, of which there's a bumper crop at oh, the moment. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yes, indeed. Way to go. Success. Yeah. Farmer Joel. Yes. So um, uh, foot, another footnote, it's time to buy garlic, okay? Because the season, you know, all your garlic growers are harvesting garlic, mm-hmm. okay? And so if you want to, you know... Uh, plant garlic this fall you want to make sure you get some now you know and uh, uh, you know because if you wait too long then they'll be sold out of a lot of different things good now, advice I'm going to try I'm going to try that and try to find out why I failed the first time yeah that uh, fruition seeds that I mentioned has some really nice varieties uh, uh, fruition seeds uh, you know dot com and it's um uh, the one that I that I'm going to try is an Italian, and it's the uh, the soft neck. Okay. And uh, you know they advertise four inch heads, so I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. But anyway, it <laughs> it's an old Italian variety that's been growing for like 50 years, and and their that uh, farm is in uh, is in the Finger Lakes. So it's even though it's a zone five, they still have pretty rugged winters. So. It should do well in in our climate, I think. Um, so time to make sure you get some garlic to plant uh, for fall. Um, let's see what else. Oh, uh, if if you are harvesting your garlic, I know that there's a lot of different styles uh, people have for for harvesting and curing garlic. But the way I prefer is I pull my garlic, I rub the the dirt off of the roots, I actually take a hose and a bucket of water and I wash them, I, I spray them really, really, all that dirt out of the roots. I trim the roots, I trim the, the stem, and so when, I, when I'm done with that, it's clean, there's no dirt on it, and uh, I've pulled the wrappers off. You got a call there, bud? I think we do. Your first name in town, please. It's Nola from Ripton. Hey, Hello. Nola. Welcome aboard. Thank you. I'll jump off the ship quickly. <laughs> Just a, a brief uh, jump in on the garlic, which yeah. I'm in the midst of harvesting right uh, now. Oh, yeah, right. A little bit behind you guys because yeah. it's Ripton. Yeah, yeah. But um, we've always grown garlic for the last 30 years. And mm-hmm. We love it. We use a ton of it. Mm-hmm. And so you pick it. 
you hose it down, mm-hmm. you dry it, you get all the trimmings trimmed, and then you think, oh, where do we put it? Mm-hmm. For many years, I would drive it over to my mom's house in Lincoln because she had a great room where we could store it. Mm-hmm. Eh, you know, sometime in March or April, you'd be getting all sprouty. And, yeah, oh yeah. And then we couldn't do that anymore, so we did it here, and we got those nifty little netty things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. March or April sprouts. Yeah, for sure. So last year, I need to do it better. How can I do it better? (laughs) And so we have a room upstairs. It's the quote-unquote guest room, and nobody comes here to sleep. They're afraid of this place. But in the guest room, I have hanging one, two, three, four, six pairs of old pants. Okay. Three of them were coveralls. Two of them were pants. And I thought, darkness. Mm -hmm. airspace Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's try it Mm -hmm. we are still this august using garlic from last year oh wow that's impressive so uh, give me a few more details here so you have a spare bedroom so it's a bedroom upstairs in the house that's never very warm okay yeah um so we've got the room okay um and because it's not used by people there's not lights going on a lot sure yeah so so what do you you tie up the tie up the um the legs of the pants and hang them so we take the legs of the pants and hang them and then the garlic goes whoop inside yeah and mind you, the pants were washed. <laughs> the garlic goes down the legs of the pants, and then we hang them off hooks in the yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose some interior decorator would look and say, oh, my, that's <laughs> not very good. But that, And then we just hung them off the hooks and used them accordingly as, as I'll be darned. went by. Well, that's fascinating. So you think uh, not so much the temperature, but the darkness is something that... Yeah, with mm, light, uh, um, mm. with air circulation. Yeah, with air you need a little bit of air moving around. So, so are these like khaki pants or are they denim? No denim. They were all some variation on the theme of khaki cotton, you know. And and they were also, as the old hymn goes, holy, holy, holy. <laughs> so, that's so you had air circulation. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So the net bag ha- lets in too much light is sort of your thesis here. That was my afterthought. Mm-hmm. You know, I still mm-hmm. have probably 300 yards of net bagging. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. What do you do with it? Yeah, so yeah. I think the thing to say is just make sure that there's air circulation and darkness and mm-hmm. not too much warmth, and mm-hmm. maybe we score. Because after you enjoy that joy, it's like mm-hmm. Christmas in August, mm-hmm. yeah. harvesting garlic, yeah. Yeah. and then it doesn't last. Yeah, I I know what you I know what you mean. Uh, I've sort of uh, have wrestled with that. Now this year I I had uh, two of those net bags and I put them in. A, we have a little a small fridge as as well as our our larger one, and I put uh, two net bags in the bottom drawer just to see how they did. And I used the last of it just last week to make my you know, forty two uh, clove uh, hummus. Good you know, job. My yeah. grandmother would say, Allah Maha, yeah. which means God bless you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope so. Well, because uh, I put the oil and the, um, and the cloves and the chickpeas all in one pot and heat them up. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. so that takes that, that fire out of the garlic but leaves the flavor. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's a good thing, I think. I mean, it is for me. I, I can't take that, that kind of fire. But um, and that that's makes some very good uh, 
Very good hummus. Very simple. Good garlic. Yeah. Now, yeah. you put lemon in there, right? Sometimes I put lemon and some, uh, you know, some tahini. You have to put tahini. Well, you know, I don't actually. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, heavens. What are we doing here? Well, I, I, have, I have two, two, you know, I mean, we have different, you know, different people who like different things. Right. So I put some lemon and tini in one, and then I leave just plain old chickpea and garlic in the other one. All right. All right. I won't get on your case. And forgive me. I <laughs> tradition, you know. I do. I know. Family I know. tradition. Yeah, but um, the important thing that I that I was talking about with with harvesting the garden is getting that dirt off. More or less, a lot of people say, yeah. "Oh, you leave it out, you let it dry, and then you brush off the dirt." And I have found that 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 leaves a lot of the bacterial mold stuffy stuff that that cr- you know creates problems by not washing that dirt off right away. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I can't emphasize enough that when you pull it, knock all the dirt off, and then wash it off, and spray it hard, and make sure you know. You get all that dirt out of the roots, clip them good, and then cut the top right off. A lot of people say, well, you know, the it needs the whatever, the nutrients from the stem to, you know, dry off. And I just, I haven't found that that's true. I, uh, so I clip them right away. You know, I'll leave about a one or two inch stub of the stem and put them right in my rack to let them dry out and cure. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, well Nola, thanks for the call. Be well, you guys. And, yeah. Um, do you have other people waiting in line? Yeah. You do? Oh, I don't know. No, not at the moment. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll well, shoot. You, well, two last things. One, we don't talk about flowers much on the show, but Johnny Seeds had a beautiful dianthus in the catalog this spring. It was a new variety, and I thought, I want to grow that. Yeah. And they were selling pelleted seeds, uh-huh. and I thought, why not, you know? Yeah got them, planted them, put them in the ground. Um, they came up, and it, <laughs> the buds, they were like fairy godmothers, magic wands, all <laughs> tight, close together, and then one would bloom, two, three, four, and then you've got this big, I'll, I'll send pictures to you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful, and then three weeks ago, I was visited by the organic farming inspector. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was severely chastised. Really? For buying uncertified organic pelleted uh, inorganic pelleted seeds and mm. I say tough <laughs> they're beautiful <laughs> their flowers we're not eating them <laughs> we're not eating them so anyway you gotta go bend and flex with the rules once in a while I, I hope, I hope <laughs> for, it's not okay. for flowers it's okay it's huh? okay <laughs> um, and final thought is I sure hope you guys are taking my invitation to Ripton seriously yep Okay, um, I'm going to send you another card this week. Okay. Okay, and bother you, and uh, wish you a grasshopper-free <laughs> week, okay? At least in your greenhouse. All right, Nola. Take care. Thanks Bye-bye. for the call. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, we are kind of uh, toward the end, aren't we? I guess we are. But, uh, you certainly can have final comments of, of any oh, length. Oh, my, my final comments Fill is... Fill a buster if you'd like. Is <laughs> <laughs> me and Bernie, huh? <laughs> feel, feel the garden burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the, my final words just generally are they, you know, make sure you water, keep planting, don't stop planting, and uh, harvest uh, harvest everything 
take a look at your plants. It's real important to keep in touch, to go around, look, see what's going on. And any problems that you have, it's time to catch it early. That's a good thing. Um, you know, well, enjoy your garden, huh? When we'll see you next week. Yeah, next week. In the garden. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, let me just say one more thing. Sure. Okay. Um, at the bottom of the In the Garden on the you know Radio Vermont website, right. if you go to the In the Garden program, at the very bottom is a place that you can fill out a form to ask a question by email if you would like. You know, if you're a little shy on the phone or, or you just think of something you want to make sure you don't forget to ask, um, just fill out that f- form on the, on there. You can, you can, uh, it'll supposedly it's going to come to Joel and me and they'll print it off and, and give it to us. And then also the podcasts are there. Yes. If you, if, and I have to admit, I have been listening to them only because I'm trying not to repeat myself so much, you know, <laughs> make sure that I cover things that I, I thought I was going to talk about and never did. Um, and, uh, well, uh, the, um, I want to thank the sponsors, you know, that that's really, if you go to one of our sponsors, do tell them that you appreciate uh, their sponsorship of our show. And, and that's, uh, that's much appreciated by Joel and me. Thank you kindly. All right. Next week in the garden. These seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down In the Garden with Peter Burke is brought to you by Menards Agway Your family true value neighborhood yard garden and pet place Brooklyn Street in Morrisville Grow compost of Vermont Right down the road on Route 2 in Moortown Compost, soils and mulches the Willie's Store, your true value store in Greenboro near Caspian Lake. If they don't have it, you could probably do without it. Guy's Farm and Yard, four locations to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. Tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Guy's Farm and Yard. Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. Go online, Clausen's.com, get their mega Monday coupons. Great, great values. PR Lumber, locally milled lumber, a family owned business on Route 15 in Wolcott. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway, seeds and feeds, and so much more. Route 2 in Montpelier. And V's Flowers and Garden Shop. They have it all. Main Street in Waitsfield. And yes, no Red Sox next week interfering. So we will see you again next week, 1230, during the noon hour, in the Garden with Peter Burke. It's by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden.